today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. We are one day away from the 2020 NHL Entry Draft. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One day more. Oh, man. Yep, one day more until the celebration of new players coming into the National Hockey League to make a name for their own and provide possible leadership, provide assists, provide goals, provide some heavy hits. Yeah, I'm lemizzing it up on this, a Monday morning. How's everyone doing? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, in a bit of a musical's mood today. Yeah, I've been listening to Les Mis, uh, not the one with Russell Crowe. No, not that Les Mis. I'm talking about the good Les Mis. The one with Ramin Karamloo. For those of you that are musicals fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I digress. You can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. I don't know what that accent came from. I don't know. But make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, If you hated the accent, please don't give a one-star rating. Just skip that altogether. But make sure to subscribe anyway. So tomorrow, tomorrow is the NHL draft. And the Ducks have three top 40 picks. Isn't that exciting? We're going to talk about that. But first, uh, let's go over the draft picks that the Ducks have this year just to go over that very quickly they have two first round picks they have their number six pick they have the number 27 pick remember when it was looking like the Ducks were going to have number 31 pick and then the pandemic happened and then Boston had you know kind of a okay run and then took a rask left and then everything went south Yeah, so all of a sudden, the Ducks have the 27th pick. That could help them. They also have the number 36 pick. That might help as well. In the third round, they choose... Let's see, what are we? Third round, number 67. Then the fourth round, pick number 104. Fifth round, pick 129. And sixth round, pick number 160. There were some trades that went on through there, but... Those are the picks the Ducks have, but you have to like those three picks in the top 40, whereas certain other teams don't have a pick in the first two rounds. And the Arizona Coyotes are one of those teams, thanks to some violations that took place earlier um, last month, actually, rather last month. They had some stuff happen there, which we won't get into. And also, I got to say, this is a pretty deep draft this year. Pretty deep as far as forwards and scoring, whereas next year looks like it could be a very heavy uh, defensive pull. So who are the Ducks possibly going to get with that number six pick? I know that's what everybody in Ducks land is talking about. Look, they need scoring. They need scoring bad. I mean, yes, you absolutely keep the sixth pick. You do not trade it. It is offense heavy this year. So draft offense this year because... That's what the Ducks need. They need the offense. They don't need any more defensemen. They don't need any more playmakers. No, they need scoring. So how about Lucas Raymond? Lucas Raymond is a great Swedish forward, ranked very highly on several lists. Elite passer, great puck handling skills, great hockey sense. Shot could use some work, but again... He is another one of those playmaking type of players. 
which the Ducks don't necessarily need because they have plenty of those and they have a couple more of those coming up through the ranks. So he's a good choice, but Raymond might be taken. Another forward that I really like, but I'm afraid he's going to get taken right before the number six pick, Marco Rossi. I've liked Marco Rossi for a while, but I was kind of resigned to the fact that he's probably going to get picked fifth or fourth. Detroit could get him. Ottawa will likely get Marco Rossi. They seem to like him a lot up there in Ottawa, and that's kind of the perfect story for them. He's from Ottawa. I'm sorry. He's from Austria. He's in the OHL. He plays for the Ottawa 67s, so he already plays in Ottawa, and he can get drafted by Ottawa. He's used to the environment out there. He's already beloved in Ottawa, so why not just have Ottawa draft him third or fifth? Probably fifth. That seems like it's going to be a perfect storm for that draft pick, so that's who they're probably likely going to go with. But in the event he's somehow available, which I doubt... You're looking at one of the elite scorers in the OHL. Last season, in 56 games, he had 39 goals, 81 assists for 120 points. And this is going to come from the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. I kind of like this. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Ottawa 67 center Marco Rossi is the skating, breathing embodiment of that timeless adage. So he's only 5'9", a buck 79. He's got to work on his strength. But he he uses his speed to get past everybody. His distributing stats are top tier. An A-plus type playmaker and goal scorer. He's a creative player. Probably one of the more creative players in the entire draft. So with that, I still see Marco Rossi being drafted by Ottawa. There's no comparison with Rossi and a couple other guys that I was looking at. But I do sincerely think he's going to go fifth. So with that, who does that leave? Well, in the drafts guide, number fifth ranked is Jamie Drysdale. Do the Ducks need a defenseman? Not necessarily. He is the best defenseman in the draft, but the Ducks have plenty of good defensemen, and that's not what the Ducks need. They were good on defense. They need scoring, and they need it in a hurry. Remember, the Ducks were one of the worst-ranked offenses in the entire National Hockey League, so that is not who you go after. you got to go after someone like an Alexander Holtz, who I've been looking at for the past year, it seems like. Holtz is a good option. I also like Cole Perfetti, if he's available. I'd take Holtz over Perfetti, because Cole's skating is not that great. He's not a physical presence. He's only 5'10", a buck 85. His skating has got to improve big time. That's the biggest thing with Cole Perfetti. And you need someone that can skate. You need someone that can go line to line pretty quickly. And Alexander Holtz is a slightly above average skater with excellent goal scoring abilities. So that's who I go with. Anyway, we are going to head into the first intermission. Uh, The last two segments of today's show are going to be our roundtable discussion, the second part of our roundtable, with several hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow, we're going to have another draft show right before the draft. The draft tomorrow is at 4 p.m. Pacific, so it's going to be a Tuesday morning show. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, First, let's talk about Roman. 
Talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether by saying stuff like, I've had a long day at work. So there is plenty of other, quote, excuses to use here. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. So with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. That's important. It is discreet because if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. So go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Once again, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. More to come after the first intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Are you looking for some food to be delivered to your house? Maybe you need some pizza. Maybe you have a craving for Chinese food. Maybe you're just craving that awesome sushi. Or maybe you're looking for some good old gumbo from Gramps Kitchen in La Palma. For those of you in the OC, check out that local business. And you can find them on DoorDash. Yeah, visit with the DoorDash app. And if you enter promo code locked on NHL, you'll get $5 off your next delivery and zero delivery fees on your next order of $15 or more. Once again, that is with the DoorDash app. Enter promo code locked on NHL. All right, we're going to head into our roundtable discussion that we had the other day. We had part one over the weekend. This is part two, and we're just kind of breaking down everything. So this is featuring all the other locked on NHL hosts, including myself, where we just keep talking about the draft. Enjoy everyone. So no trades, no, no wild movements, a couple of uh, steals in the draft. Uh, any, any parting thoughts from, from my group here, looking back on the draft on your picks? Uh, do you think that what you guys picked is what your teams are going to pick? Or, or are we going to see something crazy? Are we going to see teams trading out of the top 10? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? What do you guys think? Well, it's so, interesting. Well, three people in here have multiple picks. And I know Trey, the Devils, and the Sens have three first-rounders each. Um, I'll ask you, Trey, who do you think was the surprise in that top 10? Uh, the surprise, in my opinion, is um, I, I just feel as though I have the most surprising one because it's just like everyone on in the New Jersey Devils organization is just saying, okay, let's draft this center, let's draft this winger, let's draft you know this offensive player, this or that and the other. And I'm just like, in my honest opinion, I, I, I've taken the other side of this argument, which is um, uh, we need defense. This is why I was a huge fan of the Riley Walsh signing because we need young defensive men because at this point, I'm just waiting for the Seattle crack an expansion draft. So that way they could either take Subban or Zajac, one of those two or both. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but I, 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 at this point, we need young defensive men to develop because Subban is not there. Mueller, not there. Severson, great. Not there because, because you know, they're, they're not going to stick with us 
for this rebuild. And I'd be stunned if they did. Um, I, I just feel like we, we need defense. And uh, I believe, so six picks in, no one's gone with defense. And I was the first one to say, I'm going with a defensive man. I'm not going to go with a, a center. I'm not going to go with a winger. Uh, who, who's like, yeah, Harrison does have a point. Who selected Quinn? What, what was your thought process there? Yeah, that was us in uh, Ottawa. Basically, with Detroit taking Perfetti or uh, Raymond instead of Perfetti, that basically played our hand. The After getting a number one center, the need for a goal-scoring right winger is right there. And just the shot that Jack Quinn has growing up uh, or playing in our backyard with the 67s, I just think position-wise, it made the most sense for us, and we can try to hit other positions later on the draft with one of our 13 draft picks this year. And Jack Quinn's one of those guys who burst on onto the scene, right? He had 16 goals at the OHL level last season, and somebody mentioned he's an early birthday, so he's one of the older guys in this draft. Some would say, you know what, 52 goals, like you're on the number one team in the CHL, are you getting carried at all? 34 goals at even strength led the entire Canadian Hockey League. Here's a list of OHL players who have had more goals in a single season than Jack Quinn in their draft year. And let's remember, this season wasn't even able to be finished. It's Patrick Kane had 62. Stamkos and John Tavares each had 58. That's the end of the list. For me, a top five pick when I saw the, the players that were on the board. If I were to go you know, at, at five and Holtz was still on the board, Holtz would have been immediately my pick because, like, in a lot of ways, Holtz looks like the Swedish Kyle Connor to me. And Kyle Connor for me is a very frustrating player. Um, when he's scoring goals, he's immensely gifted and one of the best one-on-one matchup men with a, a beautiful release. It's just that the rest of his play is is kind of a problem. But if you want pure goal scoring, that's what you got. I, I think for me, Quinn is actually a lot more of a playmaker than he gets credit for. Um, and this is something that some underlying tracking has found is that he's actually a pretty good setup guy. It's just, I think about how he's accomplished a lot of his goal scoring ability, which is definitely kind of uh, on his release and sort of, I think he's actually a pretty crafty player. And it's just, I'm, I look at Holtz and what he's accomplished in a men's league. It's a really tough sell. I think Holtz for me has that release. That's just one to be afraid of uh, if he's yeah. already doing it against pro goals, uh, pro goaltending. Like, Holtz, for me, that dude is going to slap in, like, 30 to 40 a year. I was just going to say, I guess my question for everybody is, how sure are we that the the top three are going to go top three? Because, like, we were talking about on our show yesterday, Philip Sedina was never supposed to fall to the Red Wings at number six in 2018. Seth Jones was never supposed to fall to the Columbus Blue Jackets at four in, what was that, 2014? So, I mean, like you have, you go in and we've spent so long talking about it, way longer than usual. So I guess it, it, it just kind of gets beat into you a little bit. But I mean, are we positive that that's kind of how it ends up? Well, I was talking to John uh, last month uh, in our crossover. I said, is there, because I had a friend come onto the show as a guest star and he said, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers just, you know, fudge this up and just, uh, you know, just pass on Lafreniere. So I asked, I asked John, is there any chance that happens? And he said, mm, not likely. Just yeah, like, I put, I put well, it I think Stutzla is the only variable that I'm I mean, really thinking about. It would be the Kings that would switch things up here. Yeah, yeah. Byfield would be taken so fast at three if yeah. Los Angeles yeah. doesn't take so him. So fast. And, and Dorian said we 
we know what we're doing at three. It just depends on what the Kings do. I'm not convinced yeah. it's Stutzel, though. I think there's a chance that it's Lucas Raymond because they've liked yeah. to go for the safer player in the past in terms of a two-way game. Uh, you look at both forwards and D yeah. that, you, that they've drafted since Dorian was uh, named GM. Trent Mann is the, the head scout. He does all the – and it's always safe picks. And Lucas Raymond is definitely a, a safer pick than Tim Stutzla. I just needed a center at three. That's, that's basically the only argument that I would have taken over – Raymond, we we've had the debate plenty of times on locked on senators. It's it's a toss up for us, but the positional need just takes advantage because of Holtz, which we talked about, and Jack Quinn. If they don't get Lucas Raymond, the number one right wing in the draft, it's okay to to get your backup rather than the the gap between Stutzla and let's say Rossi at, at center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's why I had Holtz pretty much all the way. Is that's the Ducks' biggest need? I mean, they do love their Swedes. They've drafted them in the past. With obviously you have Ricard Raquel, who's an all-star, Hampus Lindholm, who's an all-star, uh, Larson, you know, a plethora of. Do I need to grab like. my Jakob Silverberg jersey out of the closet? <laughs> Sylphie! You know what? Say what you will, but that guy's an, all- an all-star caliber player. So you can grab that Sylphie jersey whenever you want. That is fine with me. Oh, he's going to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go get it. I, I will give props you to him. You told him that. to. I did. Wow, that is a thing of beauty. Not gonna lie, that's a beauty. Okay, by me. The the funny thing is with uh, the top two or three that you're talking about, I thought there was more. Maybe not so much with the Rangers getting the top top pick, but I know like we were even debating it uh, on Lockdown Wild when they were doing the second phase of the the draft lottery. Like, is Byfield more fitting to the Wild if you go number one? And so it was kind of more like a there might be more of a question. Plus there's also late steam in the, in, out there that maybe Byfield is worth taking number one uh, over Lafreniere. And I think there was, there was a little bit out there, like maybe there was more of a question there than necessarily between Byfield and Stutzla. I think one and two, maybe more, more interchangeable than say two and three. I think there is a little bit of a drop off to Stutzla, even though Stutzla is much, is a very, very fine player. But you're right. The, whoever said it before, the Kings could mess everything yeah, they, up. They could, and, and I think that, you know, Rob Blake does kind of play it safe. I don't think he's going to go totally off the board. Stutzel is going to be interesting to see where he goes because I've seen some mock drafts and some, you know, draft analysis, draft ranking that has him a little further down and falling to teams a little further in that top 10. And so it really does hinge so much on what Rob Blake and his scouting staff decide to do is going to impact so much of the rest of the order. And, and you know, I, I think about the year that um, Columbus selected Pierre-Luc Dubois and everyone was like, why are you picking this kid? Like, he's not, you're going totally off the board. And they were like, he is the player who is the best for us. He's going to suit the needs that we have. We need someone down the middle. And now years later, he is a superstar for that team and he is going to be you know the number one center for that team for a long time unless they you know do something crazy it's Columbus who knows Uh, but you know I I think of that draft of someone jumping up because a team saw their organizational need and they took that more seriously or put more importance on that than they did on who is the best guy at this position so I think there's a lot of choices that are going to be real weird maybe. Sarah, do you think that there's any chance Rob Blake selects a defenseman at number two? I, I think like I, I think that it's he keeps saying he he has, you know, three or four guys that he's thinking about, and one of them has to be a defenseman. Yes. I, 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 I know. Keep I've thinking, Rob. Guys, I've talked about it. 
on, on my show, but like they don't have another Drew Doughty. They don't have another number one guy anywhere in the pipeline. Um, or, or, uh, Drew, Drew Doughty at his prime, let's say, instead of Drew Doughty now. Uh, but they, they don't have that. That is a big spot of weakness for the team. And so you look at uh, uh, Jamie Drysdale, who, uh, as I've said, when I was on uh, your guys' show, the Senator's show, I watched clips of him and I was like, holy crap, this guy is a video game. Like he, he's wild to watch. And so I, I think that they're probably considering it. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. And I, I would kind of like to see it just because it would create such chaos in the draft. We're so used to just everything kind of going how we expect it to do. Um, I don't know that Rob Blake is the agent of chaos this year, but it's like a whole week worth of shows if he did. <laughs> Sarah, yeah, well, you, you, you and I both know Rob Blake. You know that he would be the kind of guy that would do that. <laughs> let's hope so. Okay, so let's say a crazy situation. Drysdale goes to, obviously, Sens take Byfield. Nolan, are you going with Stutzel at that point? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. easy. Put yeah. him aside on the I German national team and let absolutely. him go? Absolutely. I tweeted yeah. out a video the other day. It was just Mo Sider walking out of the uh, I saw, I Team saw. Germany locker room. And with he was the C? Singing. Yeah. He had the C oh, on, right? dude. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what uh, – shake that. I mean, I'm Akon just, just shouting it in his uh, little German accent. It was beautiful. I'm like, this is the future. I've oh, never I been – you guys to get Stutzla now. Just uh, oh, that's what I'm saying. Byfield. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you guys get Byfield, so it's a good consolation prize. And then we duke it out in the, in the Atlantic for – yeah, until February, until yeah, <laughs> nothing screams future like a song that's 13 years old. <laughs> hey, um, a man who respects his tradition, which is a good thing in this in this city. Nolan, while while I have your attention, uh, so the Detroit Red Wings obviously acquire Mark Stahl. Don't know why he's awful uh, from, from the Rangers, and uh, John. It has been confirmed that uh, Lundqvist will be. Uh, waived by the um by the um or bought out bought out by the um rangers i don't know if you saw that but uh um, yeah. what was what was the point of that mark stall trade again because that doesn't make i mean it makes sense for the rangers because i wouldn't want him on my team but why would you take uh mark stall like what what, what well, is he gonna bring well so basically they didn't uh did you know they traded future considerations for him which uh might likely be nothing like chris draper was traded for one dollar uh, and a future considerations trade. That's like one of the famous stories around Detroit. But the idea behind it is basically you buy a second round draft pick by offering the Rangers the chance to get that contract off of their books because the Red Wings have ample cap space. So you say, you know what, because we suck and we don't have any good hockey players worth paying any money, we're going to do ourselves a favor and hopefully eventually get a player that we, we can pay money later on down the road with the second round pick that we pretty much it's it's literally buying a draft pick yeah the red wings i mean i i don't want to speak for the red wings you know obviously i don't slap on rain i don't slap on rangers but i think from their perspective they don't realistically see themselves competing next season so they can say all the right things like oh you know we're happy to have mark Stahl, blah 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 but really they're just they're okay with overpaying him for just one season because they know that they're not going to win the stanley cup next season anyway so it's worth it to just overpay mark Stahl for one year and then either trade him at the deadline next season or just move on from uh, when his contract expires at the end of next season. I mean, I, I, Nolan, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, and I, I think, you know, obviously there's an element to it, too, of he's a veteran guy in the locker room. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit overblown or maybe overvalued. But I think Mark Stahl, of all people, I mean, 999 games with the Rangers, just a, the consummate professional, uh, was a shutdown defenseman on that blue line for a long, long time. And when you look at the Red Wings team last year, like – uh, I, I think the big problem is it's not that they weren't good players, but they weren't good players who added any value long-term or short-term. Mark Stahl, whatever it may be, as as marginal as it might be, has some sort of long-term value simply by being a presence when Mo Sider comes up for his NHL tryout, when uh, Jared McIsaac, if he, if he gets a crack at the NHL this year, Phil Peronik, those guys, as they're trying to learn the game, learn from somebody who they know – has been around the block and, and it's not like just learning from Trevor Daly, which uh, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> I, I, I just went to a place there. I don't know. <laughs> I think there is one thing that we haven't talked about that is kind of a bit of a bull in the room because it's going to be, I, I think it has the potential to cause a huge change in the rankings. And I think that's going to be Askarov. I think Askarov right now is just sitting there. He remains probably. Of the goaltending prospects, I, I'm not really into taking prospects who are goalies at top 10 picks, but if you are going to use one, I think there is an okay argument that Askarov presents an unbelievably rare mixture of physical talent, technique, and just superhuman reflexes where I think people start to think about it. I mean, the stuff that he's doing in the KHL, I think is like, what, 18? It's just not fair. I mean, like the kid is, he's genuinely gifted. And I think one of the top 10 teams is going to take a flyer. And unfortunately for the wild, I kind of worry it's going to be the wild. I don't, that necessarily know if that's, I don't necessarily know if that's worrisome though, because we even debated, uh, I think there's a lot of fans that are like, never take a goalie in the first round. Don't, don't do that. But I think that when you look at Yaroslav Askarov and you see some of the, the, the scouting reports, on him, and then they use words like generational goalie talent and, super athlete and all this stuff. I'm like, it is more, it is actually something that you put up for debate now. And it's something that we, uh, my Tony, my co-host on lockdown wild, we debated uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, that is something that like, ideally, no, you're right. You probably don't take them. But if, if the, if the draft board, you know, before the wild goes, and it shakes out differently than say like we, what we did here, maybe, maybe Ottawa doesn't take Jack Quinn at number five again, you know, and, and you get the, the, the Lundell and the, um, and the Rossi and the Perfetti's they kind of go a little bit sooner than that. You, you, you go going best player available. And like I said, generational talent is not something that's often thrown around that, uh, and the wilds certainly need goaltending. And I know they've got some, some up and comers, but I mean, the idea is nowhere near you, Askarov. At yeah. 18, yeah, right. At 18 years old, if you got somebody that can come in in a couple of years, uh, I know he's got the Russian factor and they've already kind of dealt with that with Kaprizov, but like, look, <laughs> if you got somebody that's going to come in and it's going to be a franchise goaltender for years, I mean, look at, look at uh, Vasilevsky, he's a good Stanley yep. Cup winner. Obviously, that's obviously one of those things, but that's kind of who Askarov was, or was performing just as well in the KHL at 18 years old. so That's the name I was going to throw out there was Vasilevsky. He was I another first-rounder. I do think at nine, if the draft board shakes out, that it is more than just a debate. It's an actual consideration. Now, I do think that they do need to take a center prospect, but I wouldn't necessarily hate it if that's the way that, that they went. 
Who's most likely to take Askarov, do you think? I hear uh, Carolina a lot if he falls to where Carolina's picking, which is, I think, 13. Um, I've heard a lot of people makes. suggest that they're, they, they don't really have a, a strong goaltending pipeline, and that has been a weakness for the Hurricanes for uh, quite some time, is not really having anyone in net who is useful. Uh, and so that, that's what I've been hearing a lot, is that they're kind of looking at him. I have this weird feeling Freddie Anderson's going to end up in Carolina. I don't know what it is. I know they drafted him way back in the day, <laughs> so never played for saying? him. I just have this weird feeling. Toronto and Carolina, they've made trades before. You saw the Patrick Marlowe uh, for a first rounder just last year. And uh, there's been some rumblings that Carolina's a team that really wants Freddie Anderson. Now, this is a situation, and I cover the Leafs at 1050 uh, TSN all the, all the time. And they're not leaving without a number one goalie. So it would be a situation where the free agent market is what it is with Braden Holpe with Robin Leonard, although I think he's going to re-sign Jacob Markstrom as well. There's a lot of options that if, if Toronto can unload the five and a half that Anderson's making for an asset, they could reallocate that by wooing a free agent to come in without any assets given up. So you're, you're, you're making it sound like it's going to be a mid-first-round pick, either somewhere between 13 to 15 at this point. For, for Askarov? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair place to put him. And how fun would it be if he went to Toronto at 15? If they oh, got God. rid of Anderson, they sign a one-year ticket with Braden Holpe or something like that, T- sell a goalie on the chance to win with the core that the Leafs have, and then you, you get your franchise guy in a couple of years. I think if he falls to 15, which I don't think he will, I think he'll go closer to 10, but that would be uh, quite the scenario, all for Kasperi Kapanen uh, going the other way. So Although that's something to consider, which we have not talked about is uh, there's going to be the flat salary cap this year because of, you know, everything that's happened. But also you have the looming expansion draft in less than a year. So that's something else to kind of think about a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you don't want to have two goalies where it's an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everyone who participated in the mock draft, our first annual mock draft. Maybe we'll have more of those as Sarah Avampado would like to host another one of those. And some of those hosts include Locked on New York Rangers, Locked on Kings, Locked on Sens, Locked on Red Wings, Locked on Devils, Locked on Wild, Locked on Jets. All of those programs you can find on the Locked on Podcast Network. And you can find my podcast as well as all of those other ones I mentioned on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Follow me, follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Ducks. As a programming note, a couple programming notes. Tuesday morning, I will have a discussion with Catherine Silverman, who is one of the, I guess, I don't want to say writers, but... He contributed to the Elite Sports or the Elite Prospects draft report from this year. It is really awesome. I highly recommend checking it out. Once again, Kat Silverman on the Tuesday Morning Podcast. She's a contributor to the Elite Prospects draft guide. So definitely check that out. It is going to be a conversation that you do not want to miss in advance of the 2020 NHL draft. Definitely check that out, and I will post all over Twitter about that one. And aside from that, that's pretty much it. Oh, and tomorrow night, or Tuesday night, we're going to have our live 
draft show that is going to be featured on YouTube. It's going to be on Twitter Live on the Locked On Live channel. So for sure, check that out. That's going to take place Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific time. Most of the draft will be done by then, but by the time I come on, the Ducks will have made their second pick in the first round, or they'll be close to that. So for sure, check that out. All right, that's about as good a place to wrap up as any. So thank you all once again for listening. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great day. I'll see you at the rink. Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together.